Welcome back in. Brady Farkas show here on this Tuesday on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Continuing our conversation about the UVM men's basketball team, Catamounts America East semifinals coming up later tonight. They're taking on Binghamton in a uh, in a game that should be pretty interesting. Binghamton's a team that plays pretty good defense, gave UVM all it could handle a couple of weeks ago with Patrick Jim. And joining us now to break that down and so much more is UVM associate head coach Ryan Schneider. Ryan, thanks for being with us. How are you? No problem. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate well, it. Well, I appreciate you being with me. Believe it or not, in you know the seven years I've been here and all the time you've been here, nearly a decade, we have actually never spoken. So good to get a uh, a first that's conversation right. with you. Um, pretty dominant quarterfinal win over NJIT, and that's a team that took you to overtime at their place just two and a half weeks ago. How do how do we go from overtime two and a half weeks ago to a thirty plus point victory at Patrick Jim on Saturday? Um. Yeah, good question. Um, we we spent a lot of time figuring out how we were going to certainly bounce back from the game at their place. Um, for starters, they didn't make 17 heavily contested jump shots, so that yeah. helped. Um, <laughs> they came out of the gates making a lot of tough ones, which we thought was going to maybe be the case. Um, but I, I think our defensive pressure across the board for 40 minutes was just a little bit better than it was down, down at, uh, at NJIT. Um, and, you know, in games like that, you know, the first eight to 10 minutes of a playoff game, everybody's kind of feeling each other out, feeling the, the you know, the moment is just a little bit um, more intense than it was in the regular season. And so um, I thought our guys really settled in nicely after the first couple of media timeouts. And, and um, you know, obviously AD and TJ and, and Nick and O'Leary's contributions off the bench in, in a variety of different ways really, really um, created a nice, uh, created some nice momentum for us uh, when they came in the game. So you're taking on Binghamton tonight, and that's a team. Interesting matchup the last time you played them at Patrick Jim. You were up 15-2, to two, and then all of a sudden it was 15-15, and then it was nip-tuck the rest of the way, and they were up you know, with six minutes to play by a couple of points, and you ended up pulling away at the very end. But this is a team that has shown they can play with you, at least. What is the key for uh, for the matchup tonight? Yeah, they're, they've uh, they've done a, a great job. Um, you know, since Coach Sanders has taken over, you know, the, they're they're interesting because they they can kind of match match down to us with their with their size across the the guard positions. Um, you know, they play pretty small. Gibson, who starts at the five for them, is really you know a six six three four. Um, so they're they're very switchable, um, and that that gave us a, a little bit of trouble um, in the second game here. If you remember, the first time we played them, we were twelve for twenty six from three. Yeah, um, we didn't get nearly as many clean looks uh, from the three point line. At our place, um, and and then you know just from a defensive standpoint, they pose they pose similar issues that we pose to a lot of other teams because they're small and they have multiple guys that can you know attack closeouts, um, you know get into the paint, and then you know like we've seen across the board this year with with Clarence Daniels and Asawe and Timberlake and and Gibson, they have guys that can make contested twos, which is kind of very different than how the game has been played over the last you know five to ten years, you know as as it as you know, we get like the trends from the NBA, it's been a lot of threes and layups. Um, so the way we've always been built defensively is like, you know, we're, we're fortunate or, or happy to give up, you know, contested jump shots. And these, some of these teams have guys that can make those shots over and over again. So, um, you know, we, we have to be prepared for that. And, and, you know, obviously credit the Binghamton for, for having a great year, having a, a, a great win um, down at UMBC. And, um, you know, they, they did play us really, really tough. They're old, they're veteran. Falco's a great player and, and they're, they'll definitely be, a tough matchup tonight. Good news that you guys win the quarterfinal game by 30 and the player of the year scores two points. Bad news, the player of the year scored two points and you're likely going to need a bigger offensive output at somewhere down the road in this tournament. How do you, how do you attack Finn's offensive role today? Do you try to get him going early or do you just, you know, whatever's happening happens like Saturday night? 
Yeah, I, I think it's it's a balancing act for sure. Uh, you know, teams have made adjustments uh, to how we've played all year, especially over the last 13 or 14 games where we've really hit our stride. Um, you know, Finn is getting an enormous amount of attention, deservedly so. He can score a bunch of different ways. He's shot it great from three um, in that stretch where he had, you know, five or six 20-point games. Um, you know, the way teams are guarding him and NGIT guarded him and and Binghamton guarded him last time is they're basically face guarding him all over the floor and making it very difficult for him to catch and attack. So um, it, it'll be a balancing act for sure. Finn's really important to our offense. And, you know, we're, we're back to the drawing board after the NGIT game to figure out different ways to get him involved. So that way he can, um, he can contribute in that way. Despite only scoring two points, he had a great floor game in the first half. He had three or four assists. He got his teammates open. Um, you know, and if you're going to, you know, he's such a good passer that he can still exploit opposing defenses if they're going to, you know, kind of throw the kitchen sink at him. So I thought he handled that very well. Um, but yeah, it's it's obviously a priority for us to get him more involved offensively um, and find ways to have the ball in his hands probably a little bit more than he did um, against NJIT. America East semifinals coming up tonight, not that long from now, seven o'clock over at Patrick Jim. I'm going to be there when the show ends. We're talking with UVM associate head coach Ryan Schneider here on the Brady Farkas show and WDEV AM and FM. Ryan, I know you guys are busy in season. I am curious, do you get a chance to watch a lot of NBA? Is it something you pay attention to? Uh, coach, coach, our whole staff watches a, a fair amount, um, as much as we can, as much as my wife will allow when I, when I go home with two young kids. Um, but yeah, John and I are huge Knicks fans. D Derek O'Grady, our, our uh, director of ops is a huge Laker fan. Chris uh, obviously worked for the Knicks. So we talk about the Knicks all the time and Bryson's a Raptors fan. So yeah, I mean, the, the NBA is a great, it's at the very least it's, um, you know, it's the best players in the world, but it's a great teaching tool for us. I mean, we use a lot of stuff from, from them, um, you know, we've we've had a, some some pretty cool access to the Knicks from from Chris's time with them um, as the video coordinator, one of the video coordinators from a couple years ago. So um, we we definitely use it not only for an entertainment standpoint and obviously being huge Knicks fans, but also just you know the the um, the education that you get from those guys um, and how much that there's uh, there's some NBA principles and how we play offensively is definitely filtered down to us and and we we certainly use it use a lot there'll be stuff that you, you know watch on a Celtics game and you'll say hey man like you know they run great stuff and you try to mix some of that stuff into to what you do every once in a while well the reason why I ask is because I've been watching a lot of Sacramento Kings games right like my yeah, yeah. my brother was high school teammates with Kevin Herter so I've adopted oh, cool. the I've adopted the Kings kind of as my team and I made this comparison on social media the other day, and I want your thought on it. Dylan Penn reminds me of De'Aaron Fox. Sure, They're both yeah, lefties. They're both lefties. They both play more interior than beyond the arc. Now, Dylan Penn's a little more physical. De'Aaron Fox is a little more smooth, so it's not quite a perfect comparison. Jalen Brunson got brought up to me also as we're doing all this Knicks talk. Do you like my De'Aaron Fox comparison? I love it. Yeah, I think it's a great comparison. I, I think um, Dylan, Dylan's game is so unique, and, I, you know, as a Nick fan, when De'Aaron Fox came out of Kentucky, he was the, I, w I was like, man, if we could get him and, and he could be our, our cornerstone for the next 15 years, he's, he's got a chance to be what he's been in Sacramento, which has been awesome to watch. Fortunately, we, you know, Brunson wound up being maybe one of the, the great um, off season acquisitions uh, and free agency signings that we've, that we've had in since probably Amari Stoudemire uh, almost a decade ago yeah. now. So um, yeah, it's, it, it's a great comparison. And Dylan has been, um, he's been really fun to watch and it's been, it's re been really neat to watch his evolution and as he's gotten comfortable within our system on both ends. Um, and obviously he played great the other night and I would expect nothing less here over the, 
hopefully the next week, week or two. Talk to me about what Robin Duncan has done this year and how impressive it is. You know, being able to play point guard, but also play the five, playing the five, which he's never really done before, guarding bigs, rebounding. Talk to me about the evolution of his game and how difficult what you've asked him to do actually is to do. Yeah, I think um, I think he's it's he's been a really, really special person to have in this program. And it's been a, a joy to coach him. Um, you know, he's, he's such a selfless kid and the way he plays, um, it just rubs off on everybody else because he's willing to do whatever it takes to win. And, and so, uh, you know, the, the challenging part early in the year was, you know, Robin has been a primary ball handler his, his entire career. And he's been a great one at that, um, as a distributor, as a playmaker for others. Um, you know, Dylan being hurt in October made it made it difficult because we we knew that Dylan was going to be a huge part of our offense, but we couldn't really practice having him on the floor. So a lot of our offense was running through Robin and Finn at that point. And so, you know, when you play the gauntlet of the schedule that we played in October, you're trying to assimilate Dylan back into things. Um, and then you're like, oh, my God, what do I do with Robin? What do we do with Robin, Finn and Dylan on the floor together um, against you know, I think we played like the fourth or fifth hardest defensive schedule through the first 10 games of the year, which is not exactly <laughs> what you want to see when you're trying to put all these pieces together. So, you know, Robin's evolution throughout the year has obviously gone from playing more on the ball to a little bit more off the ball, but still having a huge role in the offense um, as a facilitator, as a playmaker. Um, and, you know, he's become really, really efficient around the basket, which is something he's worked really hard on. Um, and then, you know, defensively, what he's brought is just, you know, the toughness, the rebounding, the the, the intelligence to steer everybody in the right direction um, and also be very switchable, which which is something that coaches has um you know, adopted in his defensive scheme, which has been really, really effective um, throughout the course of the year. So, um, you know, sometimes it's hard this day and age, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of kids that view themselves as one position, you know, I'm a three, I'm a two, I'm a four, and and that's it. And, and Robin's a basketball player mm. who wants to be in the right position to win um, and do whatever it takes to help the team accomplish their goals. And, and, you know, there's nobody that's more deserving of, you know, first team accolades. And, and quite frankly, um, you know, if there was anyone that deserved to be recognized for player of the year and his importance to our team that that wasn't Finn, it was it was certainly Robin. And and um, he's he's so important to our team. You know, I think in the three years I worked in Albany, I saw the men and the women get to the tournament two or all three of those years. It was a pretty cool feeling for the campus community, for the overall community. I saw you and a number of the players and the coaches out at the UVM women's game on uh, on Sunday afternoon. How fun has it to been? How fun has it been to watch their ride and kind of go through this journey together and you know have a chance to end up in the tournament the same year for the first time since 2010? Yeah, it's it's been really special. I'm, I'm actually uh, I went to Marist with Elisa, so I've, I've known Elisa yes, right. for quite some time. Um, so I'm I'm really really excited for her. I know how much time and effort she's put into. Um, rebuilding that program and she's done it the right way um, bringing in great people into their program and you know Will Lanier who's on staff with them now uh, is one of my closest friends he actually coached me at Marist he's the director of operations at Marist when I was a senior for uh, when I played for Chuck Martin um, 
so it's it's just really really special to see them accomplish what they've accomplished and and to be able to watch their program evolve over the last four years into what it is now um i'm i'm so happy for them and, and it's it's really neat to hopefully have an opportunity to play a couple championship games in the span of 24 hours but um at the very least support them on friday um and what what has been an, an awesome an awesome season and um, we'll, we'll certainly be rooting for them. I don't know why this question took off so much this year, but earlier in the year I was asking players on both sides, if you could have a, a mixed gender two-on-two partner, who would you choose? So like Emma Utterbeck oh, right, said right. she would have chosen Deloney or Finn. And, you know, uh, I asked everybody that question. Elisa Kresge said of the coaching staff, she would have chosen you to be her two-on-two partner. So oh, how, how good would that. a Kresge-Schneider two-on-two team be? Uh, it would be it would be pretty solid. Elisa was one of the best defenders I've ever watched in person uh, when she was in Maris and a, and a, tr- and a true winner. So um, she can play defense and, and I can shoot all the jumpers. <laughs> so I think it would work it would work out pretty well. And she was an awesome facilitator as a, as a point guard. So um, yeah, that, that would be, a, I think that'd be a pretty dangerous tandem for sure. That was her, her rationale as well. That's why she chose you too. So coach Schneider, man, we appreciate the time. Good luck here. Uh, not that long from now. Appreciate you making some time again. UVM taking on Binghamton, Patrick, Jim tonight, seven o'clock. I will be there when the show ends. Look forward to seeing it in person and uh, coach. Good luck. Hopefully we're, uh, we're talking again here with you guys soon. Sounds good, Brady. Thanks a lot.